Welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 146 of the 24th of August, 2010. How are you doing, James? I'm absolutely fine. Top of the morning to you, Ian. Indeed. It's a beautiful rainy day here in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're in sunny London. Sunny spells London. Lovely. Nice. But uh, there we go. That doesn't stop us being on the same couch. Exactly. The miracles of uh, <laughs> the world and everything. Yes, and wonderful technology. But, yeah. And talking of technology, mm-hmm. in this technology podcast, we try in about... 25 to 30 minutes to give you a quick mm-hmm. rundown on what we think is uh, interesting and notable in the world of digital media and entertainment. Indeed, we normally cover what's happening in business news, technology, content delivery. We also have some mobile news and some gaming news and maybe even some wacky stuff. Indeed, always my favourite segment, but uh, depends on depends on the day and who's generating wacky news. So Yeah, and if you've got wacky news, you can always send it to us, feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Yep, we'd love to hear from you, so uh, send in your crazy links and anything even noteworthy in what's happening in the world of broadcast and entertainment technology. So moving Indeed. straight along, James, you've, uh, we've uh, noticed yep. interesting things happening, so we had things happening with Intel and McAfee. Well, and not only Intel and McAfee, but Intel sort of, I guess, planting their tanks on the likes of Broadcom's um, mm. uh, lawn, let's say, mm-hmm. with the purchase of the McAfee, uh, I guess they're famous for their antivirus mm. solution, um, for quite a big chunk of change, $7.68 billion. That's a lot of cash. Um, and in the same week, they also snapped up the cable modem business from Texas Instruments, or TI. Oh, um, really? I didn't miss, I which missed that one. Gives them gives them the IP for Doxis 3, I think. Um, oh, very nice. Which really kind of does line them up to try and take some of Broadcom's business in mm. the cable modem market. Mm. Um, Absolutely. And, and Intel has been, has been struggling for quite some time to break into that kind of... Well, I mean, are they struggling? I mean, they just weren't trying, I think. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> true. You know, the war chest is quite full. They're mm-hmm. selling a few PCs. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So set-top boxes seem like a nice logical approach. And up to now, they haven't really made much inroads. Mm. Um because I guess they haven't managed to tick those boxes. But the I think the McAfee deal... Is it McAfee? Do you say McAfee or do you say McAfee? McAfee? I'm not sure. McAfee? And I, I, to be honest, I don't really get that one. Like, why would you... Yeah, I mean... Why would you want a virus checker? Hardware's the new software. I guess what they'll be saying is instead of you've got the wrong browser or wrong plugin, they'll be saying, oh, you've got, uh, the, you've wrong got the wrong hardware. hardware. You, can't right. watch, you can't look at the site. <laughs> you don't have an Intel processor. <laughs> be like, oh, okay. I don't know how that's going to work, but... Um, I guess it's, they're kind of saying that connected devices is the ne- next big thing and they need to be able to protect... But it's the middleware, you know, it's the, mm. the OS which does that. You know, you want to have something... You know, I was at this conference last week and mm. a lot of the problems with plugins and things like that is the first thing you get is your your OS pops up a thing saying, do you want to install this crazy thing this website is suggesting? And most people go, oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so that, you know, nobody can stream them stuff or play games to them or whatever so mm. um, it's a tricky one uh, so maybe if they can make that all automated and trusted through a certification mm. process that will work but I mm. didn't see McAfee doing that today it seems no well I mean is it, are we seeing the kind of beginning of, of the kind of sandboxed world where uh, you know the the apples of the world are trying to keep everyone in a sandbox to protect them from themselves and viruses and everything else 
we're seeing uh, everything going that way. PCs are full of viruses because they're they're not sandbox. They're completely unprotected from everything. Hmm. I heard that that uh, plane that went down in a few weeks back, uh, apparently they found loads of malware on the, um, mm. the flight controller or something like that. Yeah, one of the computers was meant to, to uh, flag up a warning if more than a couple of errors occurred during mm. pre-flight checks and it didn't because... Uh, it was too busy sending spam or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, that's the case, it would be very sad. So yeah, yeah. can so, have I mean, uh, tragic consequences. Indeed, but uh, so it clearly is quite important, but that's big bucks important. Hmm. Um, so moving on to uh, technology, James, we've got uh, a couple of a couple of notes here on social media and TV. Now I know in our respective companies we've tried many ways to connect social media and television together. Yeah. And uh, what this article is is saying that uh, social media is is struggling to find, or more precisely, television is struggling to find a way to uh, make that link mm. with social media. Now, I've always thought this is a brilliant proposition. If I can sit down and watch television and um, and my TV knows my social network and knows what everyone, all my friends are watching, then presumably that's the sort of thing I would like to watch too. Yeah, and I think uh, we talked before about Tuna Fish, who's Mm -hmm. a Comcast offshoot. I just got my invite for Tuna Fish the other day, but as I'm not in the US, it's a bit tricky to use it. Mm. Um, And also, clearly something has to be on your set-top for that that to work. but yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a lot of, it, it, it is the talk about it, but it's not mm. kind of happening yet. I mean, yeah, we've got little things you can plug into your set top, which will tweet what you're watching and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but it's not mainstream. No. Um, I mean, I actually think this is actually, this is actually going on under the covers almost. I mean, it doesn't become useful until everyone's using it. And it's a, exactly. That's one mm. of those things. Um, and uh, maybe when everyone is using it and, you know, instead of just chatting on Facebook chat or whatever, mm-hmm. they're actually kind of plugging you into something. Yeah. I mean, maybe that thing we were talking about last week, this deducer for offering you free offers in stores and stuff, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, coincidentally is about the same time that Facebook launched their uh, Where You Are. Yeah, and their places. Of, um, yep. you, know, you can have something like that, which would just listen to media, so TV, mm-hmm. radio. And if everyone had the app open, yeah. it would suggest other things that other people are watching. Yeah, but for sure. But you'd need to get a sub or all carrier carried on all these things anyway, which I think might be done already for some of the people meters. Um, ah, I see. Or you can use clever kind of um, Shazam style stuff to work it mm-hmm. out. But, uh, um, so that's quite interesting, I think. Um, interesting, yeah. Now, this next article has a pig with its mouth open. <laughs> I just thought this was interesting that uh, one ISP in, I think it's Belgium, actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for one month, it uh, data hogs, right? Yeah. <laughs> data hogs. It delivered its single largest user uh, two point seven terabytes of data. <laughs> Sorry, that was me making my hog noise. <laughs> oh, was it right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's I mean, fantastic. I mean, what do you do with two point seven terabytes of data? That's well, pretty impressive. How, how you must? I mean, I don't. That must be a very fast. Uh, that, how much is that a day? Well, That's a lot. You can download up to 120 gigs a day, right? Uh, yep. Roughly. Give or take. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff. That's I fairly mean, much downloading at 100 meg continuously nonstop. Mm. I mean, that's a lot of porn. That's a lot of high definition multi-angle porn. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> um, in any... I mean, that's a lot of stuff. I mean, amazing. I can't even imagine what that all is. But yeah. this is Telenet uh, in Belgium, so hats off to them to being able to deliver that amount of content. Yeah, that's I think Telenet is a um, cable 
use mm-hmm. keyboard guys. Um, I don't know if you're an excessive user. So, I mean, I think that's good. <laughs> if you're the guy out there who did the nearly four terabytes or two, two terabytes, <laughs> um, uh, one US ISP told me last year a single user had transferred four terabytes of data in a single month. Uh, well, there you go. Still, I think um, <laughs> I can't imagine what you're doing with that amount of data. In my, you know, my iPad, I'm mm-hmm. clocking up about, I don't know, between two and 750 megabytes a month. But I'm okay. not, you know, obviously that's, that's, uh, I heard some quote this week about, you know, uh, 90% of all internet content is consumed now. What do you mean? Well, it's not, people are... Oh, you don't internet. download something for You later. don't download it to right, look at right, it right. later, you consume it when you want to look at it. Uh, so, okay. people do stuff now, so mm-hmm. but obviously these are the archetypal... Mm-hmm. you know file hoarders i guess mm, um well maybe maybe be. this i can imagine if you were backing up some stuff you had at home over the internet uh-huh. it doesn't say which way this traffic's going does it well i think it's got to be downloading because there's only what's the connection upwards i think it's only five megabits upwards yep five megabits upwards so you know <laughs> i don't think you're be able to do it that way <laughs> the month isn't long enough mm, no. Yeah. no well i think it's still quite um well, impressive quite bizarro um back on to fast channel changes now mm. now i remember you know a couple of years ago that when microsoft popped out with their media room thing mm-hmm. they had this amazing super fast channel change time mm-hmm. um which basically i think involved transmitting iframes for all of the other services which are on show so you could basically acquire and display that really right. quickly mm-hmm. um and also take advantage of uh multiple decode as well mm-hmm. so that's um happening now in broadcom they've got a thing called fast RTV channel change. Is in faster uh, TV. Ha ha ha. Oh, I, I just got that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it took me a while um, as well. Yeah, fast RTV, yes. Um, <laughs> I bet a lot of marketing beer was consumed to come up with yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, so, so a bit of, bit of background here, James. The uh, uh, Comcast especially is rolling out a whole ton of these little DTA boxes, which are essentially digital set-top boxes, but on a very small scale. Like they just do... Mm-hmm. Uh, just do pictures and sound, not much else, uh, to replace all the analog boxes out there so that they can actually right. get some bandwidth back. Yeah. Um, and the problem, of course, is that if you have an analog, if you've First had an analog you box... The is slow channel change. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of going mm. flip, 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 you go flip, wait, flip, oh, there, wait. bang. Yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, one of the artifacts of, of compression is that uh, you want to get uh, full screen every now and then. Uh, and so what Broadcom's faster TV technology is aiming to give uh, five times better performance in terms of channel changing for, for digital cable set the boxes. I reckon that's still got to be an average. Well, it does. I mean, have you seen the video demonstration? <laughs> no, it's like, oh, I've changed channel quickly. Oh, I've done it again. <laughs> it, I mean, I imagine still as you, as you hot multiplexes, it's still going to... Oh, it's got to, doesn't it? Surely. It's going to have to slow down. Mm-hmm. Unless, I guess you could, if you can simultaneously tune to two at the same time, mm-hmm. you, could, you could just um, kind of leapfrog each multiplex as long as the channel order was... Uh, continuous yeah, with multiplexes. Mm. So I guess it's relatively easy to, to do it. Well, Broadcom um, is saying that you don't need to make any changes to the cable plant. It's all done in the magic of the, the chip yeah, itself. not the plant, but you might need to actually make sure your channels are contiguously... Uh, uh, okay. you know, your channels like 1 to mm-hmm. 8 in your first multiplex are mm-hmm. next to channels 9 to 16 in the next logical multiplex. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, so you wouldn't be... 
it'd be predictable as to if you jump if you fast if you i guess if you do a fast channel entry it's still going to take time but for channel flipping Mm. surfing it'd be quicker well the the actual article or the press release rather gives no indication of how this works so i actually contacted um the guy that's shown in the demonstration Mm -hmm. um to be uh brett tischler hi brett how you doing um Mm -hmm about how this actually worked, but uh, he uh, didn't get back to me in time for this podcast, unfortunately. So <laughs> well, if, I'm uh, thinking it's already in a lot of their product already. So I think it's it's more of a um, optimization uh-huh. and use of the fact that there's, there's dual decode uh, on most of these chips anyway. Very nice. So that's, so, uh, yeah. that's a nice way of improving user yeah. experience. Excellent. And if there's dual, dual cram front ends as well, why not? Mm, absolutely. So... Um, Good, all good for Broadcom for pulling a little rabbit out of the hat there. Congrats. Definitely. Um, mind you, uh, Google mm-hmm. is um, having a bit of trouble talking to people about Google TV. All yeah, right. so the Google TV is coming, everyone says. But yeah, I've um, seen some demos, actually, on oh, really? YouTube. Um, How was that? Look pretty good, but there's not much live TV going on. Right. It's all your standard, you know, searching YouTube and this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um and it was on a Dish Network box, I think. So, uh, okay. So, what does on a Dish Network box? What does it mean? What does Google TV mean? Other well, than you can being search dish? the stuff you've recorded as well, right? So, is it better search facilities and search through your guide. I guess you know. Basically, okay. if I was an operator, I guess I'd need to opt in and supply my my guide data to Google, who'd index it, right? Um, so, what does the operator get out of it? Well, customers? that's Maybe. what I'm thinking. It looks like someone who gets in between. It's a bit like TiVo gets mm. in between the operator and. Um, and the mm-hmm, user mm-hmm. and and disintermediates them shows them they don't you know this is what you actually watched and then you can create a queue like the mm-hmm. um youtube uh youtube channels is it channels mm-hmm. or i can't remember what it was called i haven't, haven't actually looked at youtube i'm more of a mail pattern shopper for youtube <laughs> go in find what i want to watch and get out so um mm-hmm. so that's kind of working so yes but we, we've seen in this article um mm-hmm. which you'll see in the show notes uh, that uh, google's been meeting with TV networks in the US, and um, most of them have said, mm, nope, sorry, not uh, not particularly interested in that. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem with them is just trying to find a way to compensate them for cannibalizing their existing viewership. How are they going to... There's got to be something in it for them if they're mm. going to actually uh, get less advertising figures because they're going through some other device mm. or some other means. And still, you know, on the news with the Apple angle on this is Apple. Mm. Apple's ITV is... Mm. Is is about to uh, arrive um, potentially. Yep. Um, I also um, maybe I'll talk a bit more about it later on at the Games Developer Conference in Europe last week. Saw mm-hmm. um, the on on live demo, which is more of a streaming. It's a video based game service, yep. but yep. it's actually very televisual. The user interface uh, allowing you to watch what other people are playing and things like that. Oh wow! In a, cool. In an observer mode, and they're That'd actually making awesome. it like a set top device as well, which mm-hmm. looks to be kind of HDMI yeah. in. HDMI out, mm-hmm. um, which I hadn't realised. I thought it was just going to be, you know, cloud-based PC mm. or console-based, but okay. it's they're actually making a, a an on-live set-top thingy or nice. adapter, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite cool. Um, Very cool. So yeah, Google's still banging on about Google TV. Um, yep, man. Meanwhile, uh, YouTube is surpassed Yahoo as the internet's third most visited site. So we've got number one, Google, number two, Facebook, and number three, YouTube now. So All right. YouTube is... Uh, so Google has right uh, one and three. So maybe they're, they're the world's most visited. Although you could hardly count YouTube, uh, you know, Google as a visited website. It's a it's an entry point, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's But true. it's unusual that that's eclipsing 
know, live from Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you think most people don't change the default setting on their browser. Well, yeah, that's true. So that's quite amusing in terms of uh, uh, the changes there. And I don't know whether that is in, in more of an indication about the Yahoo declining or about uh, uh, the rise of YouTube. Uh, but it's still not as mm, it's still probably, not as popular as Facebook. Yeah, I mean, face, I think it's more the rise of Facebook. I mean, mm. I don't know whether Facebook's been moving, but you know, Facebook is definitely seen as you know they're starting to flex a bit of muscle with this location stuff mm. they put out, uh, which is only in the US, I noticed. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. a noise, but, oh, not available near you. And I don't know why that is. I mean, mm. I guess they need to update the database everywhere to suddenly put in a whole yeah. new schema and add small fields and stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, so I think that's quite interesting. So, uh, um, on, to, on to mobile news, James. A very interesting Have you got yourself article. a new mobile yet, Ian? Uh, it's coming. My iPhone 4 is coming, I'm told. It's in the mail. In the mail, okay. The mail. They're just yep. making it. They're waiting for the glue They're to shining dry. Shining it up, yep. Is that the... Uh, Getting you ready. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and then you can uh, re-app yourself. Absolutely. Uh, James, you need, to get a, you need to get an iPhone 4 so, you can, so we can FaceTime. Indeed. I'm sure I could do a FaceTime hack for my iPad, but uh, that would work, yeah. Bit of FaceTime. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Um, so this is... Uh, and uh, this is a bit one of these kind of... Uh, I guess fairy fairy kind of products for me. You know, it's like you want to believe it. Yeah, um, it's a great demo. I watched the videos. Like, wow, that's actually if you had enough people with it, it would be very very cool. Yeah, and this is the notion, and I think it's scary in a way as well. Mm -hmm. Of uh, you have an app which is an augmented reality app where it can use facial yep. recognition, and I'm not sure this is facial recognition from people who have registered or facial recognition from just web people where you've been tagged on Facebook, mm -hmm. and it can pop up you know your name all things about you that would be handy to know mm -hmm. or indeed you know i guess it's similar to the thing where if you're going i mean if, if i'm going for a meeting with someone yeah. i'll often you know check them out on linkedin yeah um, and this is kind of surprising how so much information we'll share once people are looking for a job really um, so <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> <laughs> so you know you can really see um kind of what's going on so this is basically like a uh, like Go I guess Google Goggles, but it's called Recog Recognizer. It doesn't <laughs> Recognizer? Make spell. Well, they can't yeah. even spell that, so that worries me a little bit. <laughs> um, okay, not just the, the ZR on the yeah, end, but yeah. it's a bit weird. But yeah, you just uh, obviously in demoware. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it looks like a great little demo. They're like the guy's giving you a presentation. Someone holds up a phone, presses a button, recognizes who it is, and pops up little icons around him yeah. that he's previously chosen. So you could uh, see a, see his company presentation, find his uh, you know information on. I guess it's not too dissimilar from the stuff in. Um, I guess you haven't had a play with it, but uh, on uh, what's the name of the thing? Flipboard on the iPad, which mm -hmm. takes your Twitter and Facebook feeds and turns them into visual oh, experiences right. and can mm -hmm. derive other data about them if there's links in it and things like that. Mm. So obviously the problem you need to solve here is reliably recognizing the person, mm. which is a quite a well-bound problem today. But yep. you have to... Nevertheless, with a sample size of two in the demo, it's not a problem. <laughs> well, there are, I mean, there are web services that will do this for actors right. and things. Where okay. you can... Um, I think it's just face.com, I think it's uh -huh. called, actually. Okay, um, you can see if it's actually Johnny Depp that you're chatting yeah, you to. Yeah, you can submit a photo and it'll say, oh, mm -hmm. this is the name of the person. And if it doesn't know oh, wow. who it is, you can train it. So, Oh, okay, cool. But that's kind of worrying, really, because would you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, wear a large moustache and a hat and glasses? I did see someone somewhere who was wearing, we talked about on the podcast, I think, about disruptive yeah, that's face right. paint. Yeah, yeah. So you couldn't be recognised. Yeah. 
and, well. and someone did a PhD on which how to paint your face mm-hmm. so it doesn't look like you. I seem to remember the big yin yang symbol. Was That's right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's kind of cool but scary. I it guess. is. It is. It's. It's kind of like you could see the good side to it, and almost immediately you can see the bad side to it as well. Uh, so yeah. uh, it's funny. The uh, I was watching a watching a video recently about uh, Irish history as it happens, and um, uh, you applying for citizenship there as well. <laughs> uh, well, I thought I'd better know about the place, and uh, it was about Michael Collins. And one of the one of the lines in the film is the fact that uh, it got to a point where he was going to kind of be known publicly, and up to that point. No one actually knew what he looked like, which today is an is an unfathomable thing. That I don't even know who he is. <laughs> I was afraid. Going history yeah, anyway. Michael never Collins. mind. Never mind. Uh, but the the idea that today that we have that no one would know what we look like. No government. No photo ID. No passport. No mm-hmm. um, no Facebook. No anything um, is just inconceivable. So I just thought that was amusing. Um, Anyway, James, on to gaming news. We've got um, a couple of things, but uh, you should talk about what happened at the gaming conference you went to. Yes, I went to the European Games Developer Conference in Mm -hmm. Cologne, which is um, paired up with Gamescom. Nice. Uh, Gamescom being primarily a kind of consumer event, as I could see. Right. Um, So GDC itself was uh, quite interesting. Um, It didn't seem to be many new games being launched, to be fair. Uh, most of mm-hmm. the games will be launched in the US events, um, such as GDC in um, an E3. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was more games which had matured from sort of they're showing a trail to actually doing a playable level. Right. So literally, one I went and saw uh, a playable demo of Call of Duty Modern Warfare Black Ops. Now that's a long title, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, because I'm into the you know Call of Duty, I've played those games sort of mm. start to finish. So mm-hmm. um, only once, mind you, and not online because <laughs> I'm rubbish. But um, so and the mass- massive kind of forty meter by forty meter box with huge artwork on the side, and you have to queue, and you go inside, mm-hmm. and oh, there's another mm-hmm. queue, and eventually you get into a room, thumping great speakers, you know, massive, right. massive um, sort of five six meter display, mm-hmm. and some dude just plays the first level or a level. Did crash a few times, um, right. <laughs> but that's, that means it's authentic. Yeah, um, it's a real thing. Yeah, and uh, it was there was a lot of that going on. A few people doing mm. a bit of cosplay, weirdos, you know, running around dressed as Mario and various characters that yeah, I wouldn't so, recognise. Uh, who you dress up as, James? Uh, myself. Okay. Um, weird enough. You're incognito. <laughs> yeah, in, out of costume. <laughs> and um, it was surprising. There were a big hall full of role-playing games. I mean, mm. you th- I used to think kind of World of Warcraft, mm, but there's probably at least 10 other major games with probably oh, wow. 100k plus players paying players that is. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of noise about um, browser based gaming right. so uh, Big Point launched their Poisonville game um, to much your own that's, you can just play in the browser Okay. Um, I hadn't heard of Big Point before but apparently they've got 150 million players Wow. Um, but interesting I guess the thing I thought was absent was nobody was advertising iPhone, iPod, iPad games. Right. It turns out, you know, some of the presentations I went to were talking about, you know, the average revenue per game. If you do the maths, number of, Mm -hmm. you know, percentage of games on the App Store, percentage of revenue, it's only about $700 a game. And it costs a lot more to produce a game. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so how there's a big problem with these games. Mm, how do people mm. find them and how do they discover them? Because the only way is the App Store, really. Yeah, it's like we did an amazing game and then what, we become viral? I mean, 
yeah you can't just it's become there, isn't it? yeah no so it is quite a challenge so i think mm. a lot of people do have outlets for these but the mm -hmm. the concept there is more cross-platform gaming right so you can play you know different players on different devices mm -hmm. um and there are also kind of extremes people doing overclocking where pouring liquid nitrogen on their pcs the ultimate gaming <laughs> rig right um all sorts of um you know scantily clad women standing over a case it's like Fabulous. what's that all about mm -hmm. um people dressed up as various vamp it's a, quite a vampire theme i noticed right. on, on these games uh -huh. um or you know vampire manga style thing for the multiplayer right, right. games um i got to see the uh, the xbox connect uh, oh what's that like um it seemed it looked okay but it's very difficult to demonstrate in a public arena mm. because there's lots of background clutter yeah, uh, but it, and it doesn't just do the motion recognition it does about, i think 20 points of skeletal stuff so you can work out where your arms Correctly. and legs are as right. long as it can see them but obviously mm. if they're obscured it can't mm. uh it does facial recognition voice yeah. recognition all these kinds of things but the mm. way they demoed it i mean i think connectimals look like the most interesting game but in a weird way right uh but they had to have like a coach in there to tell people what to do. Oh, okay. And typically there's some kind of, you know, like a radar display on most sort of games where it shows you what's uh -huh. going on, like a map. They have like yep. a body map. So you can either see yourself in a skeleton right, format or a heat map. Okay. And then it asks you to do things. A lot of them are dancing games, exercise games. Right. Um, malls was where you have to, you're kind of in an avatar of a, mm. uh, the main one they showed was like a baby lion. And you have to run around like an assault course. Right. Cool. Which, well, it just looks weird. And looking from the outside, <laughs> it just looks weird. And someone trying to run along and it, jump. And so it just looks very weird. And, but without being told what to do. Right. It makes it a bit difficult. So that was a bit weird. Mm -hmm. um, I had to go on the PlayStation Move mm -hmm. um, as well, which... How did they compare? It, well, it's, it's totally different, obviously. Mm. But it's more like a Wii experience. Mm -hmm. um, I had to go on the... You know the iPad thing with the camera? iToy? Mm -hmm. Yep. And actually, it was weird. I kind of drew a, I drew a bicycle, and I'm not a very good drawer. And then you know, the little furry monkey thing got on it and drove around. That was cool. Wow, nice. It made the, made the, made it into a 3D thing. I should uh, take up a new, new job as a bicycle designer. Absolutely, that's fantastic. Um, so I was chuffed with that. Um, but and I was hoping to see the three, um, the DS 3D. Mm -hmm. Any luck on that? Nope, it wasn't around. So <laughs> if it was around, it was probably in the it business sector well, behind closed doors yeah. from Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, I actually looked up the, the release date of that the other day because I said, oh, I really like, I really miss my DS. Maybe I should get the, the 3D version. When's that coming out? It's coming out in March 2011. It wouldn't surprise me if they've got sort of production issues with that because mm. you've got to, you know, that display needs it's to be, be very difficult. well lined yeah, up with yeah, the, absolutely. Um, the LCD panel and stuff. Yeah. So. Um, so that was... Uh, then game, Gamescom was just weird. I mean, mm. very, very you know, thumping music and lots of geeks everywhere. <laughs> uh, standard sort of 10 to 1 male-female ratio. Right, right. Uh, lots of goths and gamers. You know, mm -hmm. um, and uh, very interesting. it's quite German as well, to be fair. Right. As well. Uh, but it, I mean, it, does, it does make me think there's a lot of people out there playing games um, mm -hmm. and spending real money on it as well. Yeah. Um, but a lot of free to play stuff out there as well. Right. So um mm. don't give up on it now. You've got a little story here about Plants vs. Zombies? Uh, I just came across this James because I know it's your favourite game on the iPad. It's uh, one of them. One of them. And it's coming out for coming out for the DS. Uh for only twenty dollars on January eleven. Twenty dollars? Twenty dollars. That's a lot. That's a lot. How much was the iPad version? Um like five? 
Oh, wow. Well, that. you've got the iPad, the iPhone, and you've got Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. Well, I guess, uh, I mean, if you think about it, you've, if you go DS, you're going for a packaged media sale. So, you've got retail correct. margin. You've yeah, got true. Nintendo tax. Yep. All these things on top of it. Yep. Um, or Google's going to be obviously doing a web app store as well in the new Chrome edition. Oh, really? That's the other news I got. So, um, you know, <laughs> they're letting you game in HTML5, Google native code, uh, right. or uh, I think a Unity engine. They're going to have a plugin for that as well. Oh, nice. So you can, um, you know, but the issue there is on the web. You don't have mm. an app store because it's all mm. ephemeral. You don't download exactly. the code. You just choose it. Yeah. And they're going to let people pay for that as well. But then you've got other issues such as, now, if you can view source in your browser, mm, you can just cut, can you... cut and paste the source. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, it's an HTML file, thank you very much. I'll have that game. Yeah, um, and I'll edit it and resell it. Yeah, exactly. And there are other weird things there. I mean, the Chrome guy was going on about the improvements in JavaScript. Mm-hmm. And have you ever heard of Atwood's Law? No. Which is, um, you appeal Jump to me up. this one. Atwood's Law is if an application can be written in JavaScript, it will be. <laughs> it's probably uh, true because there's been some pretty wacky things written in yeah, JavaScript. Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about the Quake thing some time ago. Mm-hmm. Was one, you know, Quake was written entirely in JavaScript. And because the performance of JavaScript execution has gone up like 10,000 times, yep. um, you know, you can Wasn't do all sorts bad. of stuff in it. Yeah, in um, fact, the other day even I saw a, a Flash interpretive JavaScript engine. So it actually played Flash in, in JavaScript. JavaScript. <laughs> Get that. There you go. So it was a whole, there was, I mean, it's that whole kind of Apple challenge now to see if they can get around the whole. Um, well, Adobe uh, have already said they'll author stuff in HTML5. They're not really. Oh, true. Because all, for them, it's all about selling the authoring environment, not, yep. uh, That's a good not point. the rendering environment. Mm. Um, so, and um, yeah, other wacky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what have I got? Let me think about this. I think the the funniest giveaway I thought at GPT mm-hmm. Europe was, um, which I didn't actually see who was giving it away, but <laughs> you know, in some of these. Um, MMORPG things like mm-hmm. World of Warcraft, um, the, the the beasties in the virtual world have like a little diamond on top of their head, which gives you the hit points or oh, whatever. Okay. It tells you a bit about them. So right. someone was giving those out. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have a little diamond on top of your head, like a headband, which is obviously... Um, right. Whether it flashed when you got close or something. Yeah. Like that. That's probably more. Fantastic. Uh, not into dating most of these gamers from what I could see. So. No. Um, <laughs> no offense to gamers. Yep. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, so um, that was interesting, and I learned quite a lot about the games industry because mm. I'm a bit of a noob there. Well, that's very interesting. It's so. it's clearly very massive, and uh, people do spend real money. You're right. It is it is big business, big business. Mm. Um, no surprises there. Well, I think it probably wraps us up for episode one four six, James. It does indeed, and uh, it's been fabulous being with you on the couch here. And listeners, do tell your friends, write a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you too. At feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. And we look forward to talking with you next week. Goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from Ian. Cheers. Bye. This episode of On The Couch Podcast is brought to you by EmbeddedAdventures.com, your source for embedded kits and things to play with.